Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, it's Amy Mitlanaus here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Manchester City, Tuesday, December the 22nd, 2020. Kickoff, 8 p.m. The contents: the manager Mikel Arteta, the captain Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, voice of Arsenal. Match action: Arsenal versus Southampton FC. Arsenal Academy. Forward Arsenal. Arsenal history. Arsenal women, my story, visitors, Manchester City, my Arsenal, and teams. Mikel Arteta. There's no denying we find ourselves in a really difficult situation at the moment. What's clear is we cannot go into tonight's game feeling sorry for ourselves. Of course we are really disappointed that we lost the game on Saturday, even more so because we was in form. From the small details, we conceded an own goal from the cross that was the first thing they had put into the box the whole game. Then the second was from a set piece. We scored the equaliser and we kept trying and we dominated for long periods of the first half. Then we completely dominated the second half. But then when it came to the right moment for us to finalise the action, whether it was the last pass, last dribble, last shot, or in the post, the case, it's just not happening at the moment. We were disappointed with the goals we conceded, but you can always say that we do better here. We can block this run and we can do that and whatever's happened and there is no way back. It comes down to the fact that we're losing football matches because of us. Nothing to do with the opponent. Against Burnley, we lost the game without conceding any shots on target. Believe it or not. And on Saturday again, you can see how the team tried and how they tried to play within our limitations. But my team will always try and fight. And I cannot fault that from the players. I see from the spirit of the team of how they are trying and willing to do things the right way. But I'm gutted for them because we needed the result. To be honest, I think we played the game and we gave a performance that we had something to get out of. It's true in the first half, in the first phase, we were too slow. Whether it was because the players were a little bit restricted or because they didn't want to make a mistake or maybe just because they felt that they were comfortable with it. But in the second half, it was much better. We talked about it at half-time and the speed was to be much quicker. Better movement with the intention to pack in spaces. We managed to do that and much more efficiency, but it wasn't enough to score more goals. In this position that we are now, we have done really well in Europe, really well in the Cups, but we are struggling to get the results in the Premier League. We analyse every game and the reasons why we are losing matches compared to other teams winning them. The margins are small. 
But we need those margins to be in our favour very quickly before the situation gets impossible to handle. All my energy and the players' energy is on getting the team out of the situation as far as we can. To do that, we need to maintain the spirit of the team and the fight the boys show every time they go on the pitch. Obviously, the results are not good enough and it's not an acceptable position of the standard of this football club. There is no question about that. There is a challenge, there is a fight and we are against it. Every game gives us a new possibility to turn it round and that's what we have tonight against Manchester City. It is a competition, we have done well so far, so we try and keep that positive momentum tonight. And then when we tried to transmit the league on Boxing Day as well. The positive news for us is the weekend was seeing Gabriel Martinelli back in action. He's looking really sharp and brave and he's very willing to help the team. You could see that the energy he brings to the team when he came on against us in Everton. We are so, so delighted to have him back. We will need that drive from him now. As for Aubameyang, we want to get him back from injury as quickly as possible. He has a small strain and he will need rest for a few days. I don't know exactly how long yet. The length of Alba being out would depend on how the injury evolves over the next few days. Finally, thank you for your support. Keep going behind the team. And on behalf of everybody at the football club, we wish you and your families a very happy Christmas. Captain's Notes, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It was really tough for me to miss the game on Saturday and not be out there with my teammates. I have a small problem with my calf but hopefully it won't take long to recover. So I had to watch the Everton game at home and it was a tough one to take again. I thought we were getting on top in the first half, but it's always difficult when you concede a goal just before half-time. We kept attacking in the second half though, and with a bit more luck, one or two of our chances could have gone in. David Luiz hit the bar and Bukayo had a shot saved right at the end. But we have to accept it. We have to take the defeat and pick ourselves up as soon as we can. It was even more frustrating because we went into the game after battling well with 10 men against Southampton a few days earlier. It was really tough at the end of the game in our last match here. But I thought the team gave absolutely everything to get that point, being a man down. But we were all disappointed because we felt that we should have won the game. But you know, If you can't win it, don't lose it, and sometimes that's how it happens. The red card against Southampton obviously made things tough for us again. At the moment, I think we are sometimes a bit nervous, because we need the point so much. Maybe sometimes we do stupid things, but I can understand it, and we have to stay cool in the head and try to be more diligent and keep 11 men on the pitch. We need it at the moment. It was hard work with 10 of us. I was pleased to score again, of course, but not for me, to help get the result. It's not about me or my goal, it's about the team. In our position, we need points, so it doesn't matter who scores. For the moment, the most important thing to do is win games and get points. We are thinking about the cup tonight, and in this competition in the past, we have often seen young players get a chance. And with the Europa League as well this season, there have been maybe more opportunities for the young guys to get minutes. I've spoken about how talented I think Flo Balogun is, so I'm not even surprised to see him scoring in the Europa League as he has been doing. I'm so happy for him, because when you're young, 
your dream is first of all to play with the first team. Once you have done that, you want to start scoring, and he has already done that in a Europa League game. It's always something special when you get your first goal with a professional team. I'm really happy for him, and hopefully he's going to score more goals for the club. We saw a few more young players in our last European game, and we also have them joining in with training quite a lot lately. One player who I think looks really good is Miguel Aziz. Miguel is going to be a great player in the future. He's really calm and mature, so I'm sure he's got what you need to be a success and have a big career. We know it's not just about talent at that age. When you're a young player trying to come through at a club like Arsenal, then for sure there's a lot of pressure. You have to be patient too, because we have great players who are playing in the first team, so it's always hard to find your way through. I remember when I was playing at AC Milan, it was always really, really difficult to get into the first team, so I know that type of feeling. For them, it is not easy, but when you get the chance, you have to take it, and I think they're doing well when they have had the chance so far. You can see that the young lads always perform when they come in because the coaches are doing great work with them to get them ready for the games. The rest is down to them. Finally, on behalf of the team, thanks for all your continued support and, despite the circumstances being very difficult for many of you and your families, we hope you can make the best of your Christmas this year, whatever your plans are. Voice of Arsenal, apart but always together. As we approach the end of an extraordinary year, we wanted to reflect and show our appreciation for some of the Arsenal family around the world who have achieved something special in 2020. Whilst we cannot be together to celebrate, we asked local artist Stasi, who has a long-standing connection to the club, to reflect on the year and interpret our belief that although we're apart right now, we are always together. Stasi is a beacon of inspiration for young people in our community, particularly those who, like him, began a relationship with us through our community programmes in London. Our thanks and gratitude go to him for creating something so special. Stasi has reimagined the iconic socially distanced first-team photo that was taken in November, this time featuring members of the Arsenal family who have inspired us this year. Our two captains, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Kim Little, represent the club in showing our appreciation for these special individuals and what they've done through fundraising, supporting their communities as key workers and volunteers, and even advocating for children's rights on a global scale. The players also show our appreciation for the fans who were able to make a brief return to Emirates Stadium in December, and those of you around the world who continue to support us in difficult circumstances. It's something we never take for granted. On behalf of everyone at Arsenal FC, we thank you for your support in 2020, and our best wishes for 2021. Ken Fryer, OBE. Celebrating 70 years of service at Arsenal, Mr Fryer, as he is affectionately known at the club, joined Arsenal on August 1st, 1950. On his 70th anniversary, 
we won our 14th FA Cup at Wembley. Our much-beloved executive director became our life president earlier this year and is recognised for being a pioneer in our community, which has not only left a lasting legacy, but inspired others to do more in their own communities. Maya, 14-year-old Maya, lives in Zahdari refugee camp, Jordan. Having fled Syria in 2013 with her family, she grew up a shy child. Enrolled on our Coaching for Life program, Maya has grown in confidence and advocates on a global scale for the rights of children in the camp. She is determined to end child marriage and this year spoke at a virtual round table at the UN General Assembly. Maya's belief is, we should never give up on our rights. Betty Lee Starting with the £7 saved up for a cancelled trip to Disneyland Paris due to COVID-19, five-year-old Betty Lee began a fundraising adventure that would see her cycle a mile a day and eventually raise over £33,000 for her local care home, Garden House Hospice. Betty is part of the Arsenal family as the granddaughter of former Arsenal player Ian Allenson, and at the end of her 100-day epic journey, Gunnosaurus greeted her with the FA Cup. Jane Newark Jane was a key part of Arsenal Together, the largest gathering of the Arsenal family during lockdown. Working in the operating department of her local hospital, Jane worked fearlessly for the NHS throughout the pandemic. Even though Jane and her son couldn't make their usual trips to Emirates, her handmade Arsenal scrubs brought us closer together. She represents all the health workers around the world for whom we show our gratitude. Matt Lucas, lifelong Arsenal fan and host of the largest ever online gathering of Arsenal supporters during lockdown, Arsenal Together. The Gay Gooners patron brought together Tony Adams, Lee Dixon, Steve Bould, Nigel Winterburn and Martin Kern to join his musical fundraising campaign, duetting with a whole host of stars across the globe and raising thousands for Feed NHS and Fair Share UK in the process. Luke Howard, one of many Arsenal staff who stepped up to go above and beyond for our community when they needed us the most. Luke was part of a team that covered over 6,820 miles to drive NHS workers to appointments and delivered snacks, drinks and face shields to local hospitals. Helder Silva Arsenal amputee player Helder was invited by His Royal Highness the Duke of Cambridge to Sandringham Estate for a special screening of the Heads Up FA Cup final this summer. Proudly representing us, Helder shared his story around mental health and enjoyed the company of royalty as we claimed our historic 14th FA Cup. Justin Price Another standout member of the Arsenal family, Justin was part of a team that delivered more than half a million meals into our local community since the start of the pandemic. Working with food distribution charity, his church and our local councils, the Arsenal Foundation funded food provision into our local community but needed the support of others and dedicated people like Justin to reach those who needed it the most. Tier Tier 14 is a regular on one of the many projects we run in the community. 
During the height of the pandemic and during lockdown, Tia met David Lewis on a video call and highlighted the problem many young people were facing, missing out on connecting with friends and education. Tia became the first beneficiary of 250 laptops donated by club partner Intel to local pupils in Islington after the problem was highlighted by Tia and some of her peers. About Stasi Born in Larnaca, Cyprus, Stasi came to the UK as an immigrant in 1991, where he moved around a lot before eventually settling in Elthorne Park, Islington. From that point on, Arsenal has always played a huge part in his life. Arsenal made it feel like home, recalls the artist. The proximity of Emirates Stadium, coupled with the conversations in the school playground and the presence of Arsenal and the community coaches on his estate, meant the progression to becoming a supporter was natural. School was something that required more effort, but there was a natural talent for visual art. Sadly, the outlet to express it and the encouragement to pursue it professionally were lacking. Instead, Stasi speaks of time wasted out of school, going down the wrong path. A turning point forced a readjustment of focus, and he decided to commit to art. Stasi first started sharing work in 2010 and fondly recalls the encouragement he received. Losing his job made the path clearer but more precarious, and he recalls how Arsenal were again on hand to support at this vital stage. Having helped reopen a community centre on his estate and support projects such as Drawn Out with the young people he championed through his own ambitious academy, Arsenal also began supporting Stasi's artistic development. Commissioned to capture Arsene Wenger's 20-year anniversary in 2016, the artist then went on to produce artwork for the Arsenal Foundation's A Night to Inspire, which helped boost his confidence and push him further into the public spotlight. Having completed his first solo show in 2018, Stasi now has his own studio and management. A lot has changed since he arrived from Cyprus, but he credits the support from the team he supports as being a constant. Tonight's game. If tonight's match ends in a draw after 90 minutes, the game will immediately be decided by a penalty shootout. There is no extra time. Any shootout will be the traditional ABAB format. The semi-finals will be played over a single leg this season, with the first team drawn playing at home. The draw will take place tomorrow evening. Both the semi-final and final will have extra time if needed. The final will be played at Wembley Stadium on the weekend of Saturday-Sunday, February 27th-28th. Arsenal ITK Can you remember all the different sponsors of the League Cup? Well, here they are. Test your friends. 1960-61-80-81, no main sponsor. 1981-82-85-86, Milk Marketing Board. 1986-87-89-90, Littlewoods. 1990-91-91-92, Rumbelows. 1992-93-97-98, Coca-Cola. 1998-99-2002-3, Worthington. 
2003-4-11-12, Carling, 2012-13-2015-16, Capital One, 2017-18 to present, Carabao. Since the start of the century, 76 players have made their first team debut in the League Cup. Of those 76, 56 came through the academy. Our last League Cup debutant was Kieran Tierney last season against Nottingham Forest. Southampton Report Premier League Match Day 13 6 p.m. Wednesday, December the 16th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 1, Aubameyang 52, Southampton 1, Walcott 18. First half. Seeking a response from his side to arrest the slump in form, Mikel Arteta switched to three at the back and made four changes to the side. But with confidence drained by recent results, we got off to a tentative start and were made to pay when Theo Walcott raced through and gave the visitors the lead. We began to show signs of life around the half-hour mark, when Nicolas Pepe saw an effort blocked, before Danny Ceballos flashed a shot over the bar. Bukayo Saka then saw a drilled cross take a deflection and strike Alex McCarthy on the line, before Pepe had a first-time drive saved by the Southampton goalkeeper. Second half. We came out early for the second half, and seven minutes in we were back on level terms, as the impressive Saka drove towards goal and found Eddie Nketiah, whose neat touch played in Aubameyang for our captain to slot home expertly. But just as we were building up confidence, Gabriel was sent off for a second bookable offence after hauling down Walcott near the halfway line. Once again, we were up against it. The visitors went on the front foot, and we were indebted to the woodwork when Nathan Redmond met Oriol Romier's lofted pass. We had to hang on in there, but nearly had a dramatic winner when Holding rose highest to meet a free kick that hit the bar and bounced to safety. Match stats Total shots Arsenal 9 Southampton 13. Shots on target. Arsenal 4, Southampton 3. Corners. Arsenal 2, Southampton 7. Offsides. Arsenal 1, Southampton 1. Fouls. Arsenal 13, Southampton 13. Possession. Arsenal 35%, Southampton 65%. Arsenal 1. Lino 15. Maitland-Niles 16. Holding 6. Gabriel Yellow card, red card 3. Tierney 8. Ceballos Yellow card Substituted with Willock in the 67th minute 7. Saka 25. Elneny 14. Aubameyang 30. Enketiah Substituted with David Lewis in the 65th minute 19. Pepe Substituted with Cedric in the 85th minute
Substitutes Runison, Willock, David Lewis, Cedric, Lacazette, Willian, Mustafi. Southampton 1. McCarthy 2. Walker Peters 4. Vestergaard 35. Bednarek, yellow card 3. Betron, yellow card 6. Romia 8. Ward Prowse 17. Armstrong Substituted with Redmond in the 63rd minute 9. Ings, yellow card 10. Adams 32. Walcott Substituted with Gineppo in the 63rd minute Substitutes Forster Redmond Salisu Gineppo Stevens Diallo Nulundulu Developing strong young gunners. In this issue, young gun Mazid Agungbo. Match reports, Youth Cub Progress. Remember Mark Randall. News Academy to Europe. Young gun Mazid Agungbo. Talking to Aidan Small. Born, Republic of Ireland. Joined Arsenal as an under-13. Position, left back, height and weight, 5 foot 11, 84 kilos. School, the noble school. Football's been in my life for as long as I can remember and when I think back to being a kid and playing for fun, the first thing comes to mind is my brother and his mate taking me to a little green near our house to train. They'll teach me the basics and lots of little skills and I've got such great memories of those times because I feel like I took a lot of it all so naturally. Back then I was an attacking player and I'd often play on the wing or as a number 10 for my Sunday league team. I was with them until I was 13 then I was spotted by Brian Stapleton. I used to have the freedom and kind of thing that I wanted to do in the team and I really enjoyed playing for them. I scored a few goals, I got a couple of assists that day so I knew I played well. But I was actually a little worried because I'd normally play better and knowing that there was a scout watching, I felt like I should have scored more. It wasn't until a week later that Arsenal contacted my club and told me they wanted me to join. Of course, I was buzzing, but I was shocked more than anything. Arsenal wanted me. It's crazy. When I joined, there was obviously quite a few of the lads that are still here today. Miguel, Kiddo, Taylor Hart, Alex Kirk, Nathan Butler, they were all here. That's my own development right now. I feel like I'm in a really good place. But I need to keep focused and keep working hard to make sure I'm improving. I broke into the under-18s two years ago when we won the league. We had a really good team. So that was amazing for my growth. But the level of training and the intensity was so much higher than the under-16s. You go from schoolboy to playing full-time. So you need to get used to the players who are physically and technically more developed than you. It's only natural. I've recently been getting a couple of more games for the under-23s too, and that's great experience. It's so much faster, but at the same time, I found it easier to adapt to the under-18s because I'm already full-time, and I had a greater understanding of what was needed. I wanted to keep on picking up appearances for the under-23s, but I also want us to go all the way to the FA Youth Cup. 
it's a youth trophy and so many famous youth players have won it. I'd love for us to do it and write our name in the history books. I think we've got what it takes. Going into our last game, into the third round against Rotherham, we expected that they wouldn't play out a lot, but they did try and frustrate us instead of sitting in a block. There were no surprises and they played more and more or less exactly how we expected them to. It was evident from the start that it would be about breaking them down, moving the ball fast and remaining patient. We continued to process and in the second half, Charlie scored a great goal from 25 yards. And it was the fruit of us trusting the process of our game plan. But a few minutes later, their keeper played the long ball. Our centre-back didn't head the ball forwards. I swung for it, tried to clear it, but didn't know that anyone was behind me. Got the man, it was obviously frustrating to make the error, but they scored from the penalty. I tried to put the mistake out of my mind to encourage the boys. We knew we had the quality, we remained calm and we didn't allow our heads to go. The ball came to me at the wing, I tried to take it on full back and I won the corner. The corner came in, the keeper slipped and I was up there to grab the winner. As a youngster, making a mistake that leads to a goal can be really difficult. But when you're really young and you're still learning about certain things, you can get it into your head and before you know it, you've made another mistake. But now, I know I've developed thick skin to push through so I can keep playing my game and not allow one error to jeopardise the rest of my performance. Football can be a cruel game, but you need to understand that these things happen. Thank God I kept my focus, kept playing and eventually scored the winner. Turned out to be a great day, and we know that we want to go all the way. The lowdown, earliest memory of football. Playing in a field next to my house with my brothers and friends. Got me into football, my brother. First footballer looked up to, Lionel Messi. Favourite shirt you own, Barcelona with Messi and the number 10 on the back. Best friend in football, Joel Edlehoe. Team supported as a child, Manchester United. Best goal of all time, Gareth Bale versus Liverpool in the Champions League final. Best goal you've scored, my first goal for Arsenal versus Fulham. Best game you've had? Versus West Brom in the final of the Alfit Phelan Cup under 14. Best piece of skill you've done in a game? Roulette. Best moment of your career so far? Signing for Arsenal. One stadium you'd like to score in? Camp Noir. One type of goal you'd like to score? Lob the keeper from the halfway line. A player to score one-on-one with to save your life? Robert Lewinsky on the right. If you could change position, I'd be left wing. Another sport you're good at? Athletics. Favourite training drill? Rondas. Ambition this season away from the pitch? Learn to play the keyboard. Biggest lesson learned off the pitch at Arsenal? Act with class. Favourite follow on Instagram? At Kevon Stage. Most favourite Spotify artist? Parish Cheriz. Favourite musician? Parish Cheriz. Favourite pre-match song, Hunger Games by Parish Cheriz. Favourite football attribute, my interplay and crossing. One thing I need on my away day, my Sony headphones and iPad. One thing I want to do in your football career, win the Champions League. First team player you look up to, Saka. Match reports, under 18 Premier League South. Saturday, December the 5th, Arsenal training ground. Arsenal 2, Leicester City 1. Our under-18s made it four games without defeat in the under-18s Premier League. 
as they secured a valuable 2-1 victory over Leicester City. There were four chances for the side that drew nil-nil with Fulham one week prior to James Sweet and Jack Henry Francis stepping into midfield, whilst Nathan Butler and Marcelo Flores returned to the wings. There was also some positive news on the bench, as Jason Sarah was named as the matchday squad for the first time since picking up an injury back in February. It took us just five minutes to open the scoring at London Colney when Flores picked up the ball on the left wing and delivered for Sweet, who fired home with a stunning first-time volley. Oliver Vigeri then went on to produce a fine save to deny Ethan Fitzhugh before Alex Kirk was on hand to clear the rebound on the line. Shortly after Omri Hutchinson started as a wing-back, raced down the left and picked out Luke Plange, who had an inch-perfect cross, but the latter failed to hit the target. Butler then fizzed a powerful effort just wide of the top corner. We dominated the opening 45 minutes and shortly after the restart we doubled our advantage from a free kick when Hutchinson deceived the wall and curved the low effort around them and into the bottom corner. Leicester pulled one back on the 64th minute when Zach Orr inadvertently bundled the ball into his own net. We stood strong to maintain our lead and secure all three points. Academy match report. FA Cup, Tuesday, December the 15th, New York Stadium. Greaves, 1, Arsenal, 2. Our under-18s booked their place in the fourth round of the FA Cup last week with a dramatic late winner against Rotherham United. Charlie Patino delivered an outstanding performance in midfield and capped it with a stunner from distance, whilst Mazid bounced back from an error to secure the victory, lining up 3-3-4 formation. Ori Hutchinson and Kiddo Taylor Hart started on the wings with Marcelio Flores in the hole with Nathan Butler, who is often deployed as a winger, leading the line. Daniel, Mario, Kayan and Salah missed out through injury. Rotherham started well with Charlie Smith glancing ahead a wide before Brooke Norton Cuffey had to make an important intervention to cut out the danger. The hosts, who then had a penalty claim, waved away but this sparked us back into life with James Sweet and Omri Hutchinson coming close either side of the break. We continued to push on the search of the opener before Platino let fly from distance and found the top corner in style. Rotherham drew a level shortly after following a late challenge inside the area. Jamone Greaves made no mistake on the spot, but there would be one last twist as Ungumbo redeemed himself by heading home Hutchinson's corner in the last minute. Stay close to Arsenal.com for the fourth round draw. Academy News. Arsenal Academy representing. Our recent 4-2 win over Dundalk proved to be a wonderful night for all involved in Arsenal Academy. With a useful start in 11 and two debuts handed to Miguel Aziz and Ben Cotterell off the bench, we finished the game having featured seven players who have been developed by our academy, all of which stepped up on the night. Florin Balogun was subbed on the 62nd minute and provided a goal and an assist, whilst Emil Smith-Rowe and Ainsley Maitland-Niles impressed down the left flank with Joe Willock in the middle. Eddie scored once again, taking his tally up to five for the season, and our debutants looked confident on the ball too. Mark Sparkles for town. Mark McGuinness has been in fine form since joining Ipswich Town on loan from September. 
The 19-year-old defender has been putting in the number of promising performances and recently gathered attention on social media for two outstanding pieces of skill to beat his marker. McGuinness, who had to work hard for his place in the starting eleven, but since making his League One debut in the 1-0 winning over Gillingham in October, has started nine league fixtures and his team has kept two clean sheets. Ipswich are currently in fifth place after 18 games. A tall and strong centre-back, McGuinness is composed in possession and isn't afraid of stepping into midfield. The Republic of Ireland Youth International, where he trained regularly with the first-team squad in pre-season and scored in the friendly match at Milton Keynes Dons in August. Keep up the good work, Mark. Arsenal Forward Arsenal Football Club prides itself on always looking forward, so we're asking our players to gaze into the future to see what's on the horizon. 35. Gabriel Martinelli How far forward do you look at the fixture list? Which game are you most looking forward to? I think I look at all of them, regardless of teams being stronger or weaker. I look at everything ahead. I get more excited to play the bigger games because there is more pressure. It's more exciting. It's nicer to play. What do you do on the night before a big game? And what are your main emotions on the morning of a game? I think the night before is normal, just like any night. I always sleep early to wake up well the following day. And the morning? I don't think it changes much either. I think it's all the same. I wake up early and go to the game. All normal. The only thing that changes is the anxiety. How much do you plan for the game individually? Do you look at the opponents? More or less, if I'm going to face a stronger player, I think about him, whether he's stronger from the top or the right. If he doesn't mark quite as well on one side, that sort of thing. I think about those things sometimes. Which side will work best for me if I get the ball? One way or the other, I do think about it. When does that process start in the week? It starts when we begin watching videos of the opposite team on the week the boss shows us videos of our rivals. Looking further ahead, who is the next big thing in Brazilian football? I think Rodrigo from Real Madrid. I really like his football. He's a player of amazing personality and quality. I think he's already a star and he'll shine even more. He'll be one of the best in the world. Who will win the next World Cup? Brazil. Where would you like to be in five years? Playing for the Arsenal, winning the Premier League, doing well, scoring goals and winning titles. I think those are my thoughts. What would you like to achieve in your playing career? Every player always thinks about giving their best and it's no different with me. I want to win titles, not just as a team, but also as an individual. I want to work hard and give all I can to be the best in the world. To play for Brazil, win the Champions League, win a World Cup. I dream of all that. Have you thought about your plans for the end of your career? Wow, it's too soon, but I don't think I'd be a coach. You can never say never, but thinking about it now at 19, I don't think I would be a manager. So far, I have no plans for the end of my career. What country will you live in once you stop playing football? I like my hometown where I used to live, Itu, in the state of Sao Paulo. But I don't know. I could easily live in London because I'll be older. 
I'll probably have a family, a wife and kids, and I think it would be a wonderful place for my children to grow up. I think it would be cool to grow up in a place speaking English, one of the world's main capitals. I think London would be one of my first choices. What other countries would you like to visit when we are able to travel again? I really like Greece. I think it's a place I'd definitely go back to, and also Spain, Barcelona. I would definitely visit those places. I think these are the two countries I've enjoyed visiting the most so far, and I'd love to go back. Is there anything you enjoy doing aside from football? Anything you would like to do the day you stop playing football? This was always a worry my parents had, because they always asked me, always told me that I had to find something I liked aside from football, so if things didn't work, I could have another option. But I've always loved football, and have no idea what I would do if I had to stop playing, if I hadn't become a player. Away from football, would you say you were generally an organised person? I'm very organised, but in my family my mum is the one who organises the entire family. Not just me and my dad, but also my uncles, my granddad. She's the head of the family, and as I've grown up with her on my case the whole time, I'm really organised too. So I can say that I'm very organised, but she is much more so than me. Do you set any goals in general? Yes, I do set goals in my head, for the season or for the future. I do plan in my head. Now that I've been injured, I thought a lot about it, about getting back, about what I wanted. I did plan things. This is something I do. Do you plan your meals over the week? Ever have a treat night? No. My mum cooks and there is a lady who cooks at home too. But I'm very organised. But when it comes to choosing, I'm really indecisive. So I'm not good with picking what we're going to eat. I never give any suggestions. I always let my mum choose. I'm really easy going about that. Is your mum here in England with you? Yes, my mum and my dad. Do you have a project you are working on at the moment away from football? Yes, I'm learning English and I'm taking my driving licence here in England. One thing is linked to the other. To take the driving test, I need to learn English. So I'm studying a lot, but I think I'm doing well. Finally, you're told there's a spare seat on the next trip to the moon. Do you go? I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd come back. I'm scared of heights, so I think I'd stay put here on Earth. Best not to risk it. In a dream world, what would be your next meal? Parmigiana. New car. A Lamborghini. An ideal buy. A house for my mum. Holiday destination. Greece. Trophy you win. Champions League. Mixed six. Arsenal and Manchester City have locked horns many times over the years in the League Cup. Arsenal historian John Sperling recalls half a dozen intriguing ties. League Cup fifth round replay, January the 24th, 1978. Highbury, Arsenal vs Manchester City. Arsenal won, scored by Brady with a penalty. Manchester City, nil. A superb goalkeeping display by Pat Jennings had enabled Arsenal to grab a goalless draw at Main Road six days earlier, and the prospect of progressing into the semi-finals drew a massive 57,960 to the replay at Highbury. 
Mercurial midfielder Alan Hudson delivered a masterclass against Tony Book's side, which contained talent including Peter Barnes, Mick Channon and former Arsenal striker Brian Kidd. City's midfield was unable to get to grips with Hudson, who sprayed balls around at will and dovetailed superbly with Liam Brady in the centre of the park. Malcolm MacDonald earned his side a penalty, and Brady tucked away the spot kick to pinch the tie. With Arsenal also progressing in the FA Cup, this represented a great night for Terry Neal's side. Littlewood Cup third round, October the 28th, 1986, Highbury. Arsenal vs Manchester City. Arsenal 3, scored by Davis Hayes and Rowcastle. Manchester City 1, scored by Simpson. Arsenal's impressive run of form under new manager George Graham gathered momentum on a rain-sodden night at Highbury. City appeared to have weathered an early Arsenal storm before David Rowcastle's shot cannoned in off City's skipper Mick McCarthy's legs and minutes later the Republic of Ireland International gifted Arsenal a penalty when Niall Quinn's header hit his hand. Gunners forward Martin Hayes enjoying a purple patch in front of goal, converted a spot kick to grab his fifth goal in five matches. City came out fighting in the second half, and Paul Simpson converted a David White cross to put pressure on the home side. But Arsenal put the tie beyond all doubt in the dying minutes, when a Paul Davis screamer from 25 yards out flew past Perry Suckling. Graham's side petered out in the league despite hitting top spot that autumn, but their superb form in the Littlewood Cup continued, and they won their first silverware for 80 years after defeating Liverpool in the final in April 87. Rumbelow's Cup third round, October 30th, 1990, Main Road. Manchester City vs Arsenal. Manchester City 1, scored by Allen. Arsenal 2, scored by Groves Adams. Arsenal came through a tough night at Main Road to power into the quarter-finals of the competition. A slaloming run from Paul Merson down the right took him past Neil Poynton, and he crossed for Perry Groves to slide the ball home. City missed several chances to equalise, with David White going closest, before Arsenal skipper Tony Adams struck the ball into the roof of the net, following confusion in the City box. Late on, Clive Allen who'd left Highbury without ever making a first-team appearance in the summer of 1980 following a £1 million transfer from Crystal Palace, scored a consolation goal. But George Graham's Arsenal, as well as pushing hard for the title, now faced City's Manchester rivals United in the next round. Carling Cup, third round, October the 26th, 2004, Etihad Stadium, Manchester City vs Arsenal, Manchester City 1, scored by Fowler, Arsenal 2, scored by Van Persie, Carbassioon. A few days after defeat to Manchester United at Old Trafford and the end of their 49-match unbeaten record, Arsenal got back to winning ways with a smash-and-grab raid at the Etihad Stadium. Dutch striker Robin Van Persie spurned one gilt-edged chance, put on 78 minutes, he finished a sweeping move after midfielder Mathieu Flamini slipped the ball to him. With time almost up, Gunners substitute Danny Cabisayun, making his first-team debut, 
doubled Arsenal's advantage, collecting Cesc Fabregas's wonderful pass before scoring with another fine left-footed finish. There was still time for Robbie Fowler, who scored so many goals for Liverpool against Arsenal down the years, to pull a goal back for the home side. But Arsene Wenger's side, containing youngsters including Sebastian Larsson, Arturo Lupoli and Jermaine Pennant, were through. Carling Cup quarter-final, November 29, 2011, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal, nil. Manchester City won, scored by Aguero. Argentinian striker Sergio Aguero's late breakaway goal made history for the visitors as it earned them their first win in N5 for 36 years. Arsenal appeared to be the likeliest winners for much of the match, with Drew Young Park and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain testing City's goal in the first half. Both sides made several changes to their lineups following weekend matches, and as the match progressed, City became more fluid. Bosnian striker Edin Zico was the architect behind their goal, speeding on to a loose ball to evade two challenges, and from a flicked pass, Aguero dispatched a well-taken finish from 12 yards. A frustrated Arsene Wenger afterwards explained, It was an unfair result, but I felt we were a bit naive. I felt as well we did not take our corners very well, but overall, what is frustrating is that we lost a game we looked the winner of. Carabao Cup Final February the 25th, 2018, Wembley Stadium Arsenal, nil. Manchester City, 3, scored by Aguero, Company, Silva With the beast from the east about to blow across the United Kingdom, Arsene Wenger's team was swept aside by Pep Guardiola's men in the Wembley final. The game began frenetically, and it took a combination of Claudia Bravo and Kyle Walker to prevent Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from putting Arsenal in front. Shortly afterwards, Sergio Aguero shrugged off Shkreli Mustafi to race on to Bravo's goal kick and deftly lobbed the onrushing David Ospina and second-half goals from skipper Vincent Company and David Silva gave City a comfortable 3-0 victory. City's win saw Pep Guardiola pick up his first piece of silverware in English football and took City's League Cup tally to five. This was the last final Arsenal reached during the Arsene Wenger era. Arsenal Women News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Our sister publication. Every WSL game also features a matchday programme, which can be ordered from Arsenal Direct, £4 including postage, and delivered before the game. The Arsenal Women programme has some fantastic content including the Always Forward feature. Here's a taste of Beth Mead's version, which appeared in the weekend's programme against Everton. Forward Arsenal Beth Mead What do you do on the night before a big game? I love pasta or an Italian dish. Everyone would always love a good night's sleep too, but that isn't always possible. I'm a pretty good sleeper but some of the girls struggle. I don't really have a routine, though. 
A few players do exactly the same thing before every game, but I'm pretty chilled. I'll just have my food, watch some TV, and try and get an early night. If you had to work in one of the following, which would you choose? Coaching, media, or non-football? I've always wanted to work in the media. I'm not sure about a Yorkshire accent on TV, but we'll give it a go. I was asked to do it before Covid hit, but that obviously didn't go ahead. What club would you never sign for? Chelsea. It's hard because you can never say never. You never know where your career will go or what could happen. But because of the fans and how much I love playing for Arsenal, it wouldn't be a smart idea. Are there any other professions that interest you? I've been doing my coaching badges, so that's always an option. I've got a degree in sport development, and originally I wanted to be a PE teacher. I've always liked the idea of being a policewoman too. That would be a great job because every day would be so different. Are you working on anything away from football? I'm doing a personal training course. It was offered to me, and I thought, why not? I like staying fit, so it made sense to do it over lockdown. What invention does the world need most? I've always wanted a teleportation device, one where you can scan in like you're going on the tube, and within seconds you're somewhere else. If someone does make that, they'd better send me some money for the idea. I just don't think I have the brains to make it myself. Finally. There's a spare seat on the next trip to the International Space Station. Do you go? Why? If there were two seats, who do you want with you, and who definitely not? I've been reading the answers to this question, and I've got a bone to pick with you, Katie McCabe. She said I'd be too annoying up there, but someone needs to bring the entertainment. I'd bring DVD because she'd kill me if I didn't pick her. It's always better to have an easy life. If I could take someone else, Steph, she's very smart, and I feel like we'd need some brains if something goes wrong. The one person I wouldn't bring, I love Lydia, but she's very loud, and I couldn't cope in a little bubble with her. I love you to bits, Lydia, but you're loud. Two thousand and twenty to twenty-one fixtures. September the sixth, Reading six one home. September the twelfth, West Ham United nine one away. September the twenty sixth, Tottenham FA Cup quarter final four nil home. October the first, Man City FA Cup semi final one two away. October the fourth, Bristol City. Three one home. October the seventh, Chelsea CC one four away. October the eleventh, Brighton and Hove Albion five nil away. October the eighteenth, Tottenham Hotspur six one home. November the fourth, London City Lionesses CC four nil away. November the eighth, Manchester United nil one away.
November the 15th, Chelsea, 1-1, home. November the 18th, Tottenham Hotspur, CC, 2-2, away. Arsenal 1 on penalties. December the 6th, Birmingham City, 3-0, home. December the 13th, Manchester City, 1-2, away. December the 20th, Everton, home. January the 9th or 10th, Aston Villa, away. January the 16th or 17th, Reading, away. January the 23rd or 24th, West Ham United, home. February the 6th or 7th, Manchester City, home. February the 10th, 11th or 12th, Chelsea, away. March the 6th or 7th, Birmingham City, away. March the 17th or 18th, Manchester United, home. March the 27th or 28th, Tottenham Hotspur, away. April the 3rd or 4th, Bristol City, away. April the 24th or 25th, Brighton and Hove Albion, home. May the 1st or 2nd, Everton, away. May the 8th or 9th, Aston Villa, home. The Arsenal Foundation. My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. The Arsenal Foundation Emergency Covid Fund has helped Great Ormond Street Hospital Children's Charity, the GOSH Charity, support the hospital staff during the pandemic. GOSH Charity Director of Grants and Impact Kiki Sared tells us how the money has made a difference. I work with the hospitals to understand their most urgent needs and how GOSH Charity can help these meet to benefit the lives of seriously ill children. This includes funding research into pioneering new treatments, providing the most up-to-date medical equipment, support services for children and their families, and essential rebuilding and refurbishment. Staff have worked so hard since the pandemic hit in the UK to ensure that the children treated here receive the care and need, as well as offering more virtual appointments. Great Ormond Street Hospital, gosh, increased its intensive care capacity and took in children from other hospitals to free up beds for adults with COVID-19. Some staff also volunteered to help at other hospitals too, such as Nightingale, that needed additional support. Arsenal Support is helping to fund the programme that provides GOSH staff with rapid access to qualified professionals for counselling, support, advice and information 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. It also helped managers deals with health and well-being. For physical well-being, we support the provision of occupational psychotherapists on site 3 days a week. Staff can also access subsidised massage sessions, whether it's for musculoskeletal problems caused by wearing heavy PPE for hours or as a stress relief. Without the hospital's dedicated staff, it would not be able to continue and deliver the life-saving care so many children need. Wellbeing initiatives are vital all year round, particularly as the pandemic has created distant stress and anxiety. So support for these schemes have never been more important. Initiatives we supported including helping staff with childcare, funding staff counselling and other initiatives such as providing on-site refreshments and other essential items. 
so staff don't need to leave the hospital during their shifts. The second way prevents a real challenge and with the pressure of treating COVID patients whilst also keeping emergency and routine operations, clinics and appointments and everything running. Also, it is the time of year staff work extra hard to make the hospital a home from home for the children who need treatment over Christmas. Staff decorate the wall to get presents ready for the children so on Christmas Eve they can put pillowcases filled with gifts at the end of each child's bed. For many staff at GOSH, as for the wider NHS, the demands and longevity of the pandemic have taken their toll, showing how critical support in the health and well-being of staff all year round. I would like to say a special thank you to all our amazing supporters at Arsenal FC. With your help, we can continue to support staff at GOSH during such a challenging time. To donate to GOSH, Charities Home for Christmas campaign, visit allthews.gosh.org forward slash Christmas. Visitors, Manchester City by Mike Hammond Formed, 1880 as St Mark's, 1894 as Manchester City Nickname, City, Citizens, The Sky Blues Stadium, City of Manchester Stadium Capacity, 55,017 Honours, First Division Stroke Premier League Winners, 1936-37 stroke 1967 stroke 68, 2011 stroke 12, 2013 stroke 14, 2017 stroke 18, 2018 stroke 19. Second Division stroke championship winners, 1898 stroke 99, 1902 stroke 03, 1909 stroke 10, 1927 stroke 28, 1946 stroke 47. 1965 stroke 66, 2001 stroke 02. Third Division stroke League One playoff winners, 1998 stroke 99. FA Cup winners, 1904, 1934, 1956, 1969, 2011, 2019. Football League Cup winners, 1970, 1976, 2014. 2016, 2018, 2019, 2020. Charity Shield winners, 1937, 1968, 1972, 2012, 2018, 2019. Owner, City Football Group. Chairman, Khaldun Al-Mubarak. Social followers, Twitter, 8.8 million. Instagram, 21.7 million. Facebook, 40 million. To say that Manchester City, a modern-day League Cup stroke EFL Cup specialist, is putting it mildly. Not only have they lifted the trophy in each of the past three years, they have also been winners in five of the past seven seasons. Since Pep Guardiola took charge in 2016, City have played 22 matches in the competition and won 20 of them, including four out of four penalty shootouts and two ties this season against Bournemouth, 2-1 at home, and Burnley 3-0 away. Indeed, the only two defeats on Pep's watch have both been by Manchester United, though the second of them, 1-0 at home in the second leg of last season's semi-final, didn't matter 
as City had won the away leg 3-1. City went on to beat Aston Villa 2-1 in the final to complete the first hat-trick of victories in the competition since Liverpool won it four times in a row in the early 1980s. Should City, who beat Arsenal 3-0 in the 2018 final before overcoming Chelsea on penalties after a goalless 2019 showpiece, go on to make it four on the trot this season, they will also equal the Merseysiders' all-time record of eight League Cup triumphs. But while recent history in this competition is heavily weighted in City's favour, Arsenal do have the relatively fresh and happy memory of last season's FA Cup semi-final victory to provide encouragement. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's Wembley double not just eliminating the holders, but also ending their 10-match winning run in England's Premier Knockout competition. Against that, City have won their last seven Premier League matches against the Gunners, including this season's 1-0 victory at the Etihad Stadium in October. Having surrendered their Premier League title to Liverpool last season, after back-to-back titles in 2017-18 and 2018-19, when they secured a domestic treble, City have had a stuttering start to the new campaign. Beaten 5-2 at home by Leicester in their opening home fixture, the first time a Guardiola side had ever conceded five goals in a game and held 1-1 at both Leeds and West Ham, they then dropped two more points at home in another 1-1 draw against Liverpool, before Tottenham inflicted their second defeat of the campaign with a 2-0 win in North London. A 1-1 draw last week at home to newly promoted strugglers West Brom added further to their frustration. When Burnley were beaten 5-0 at home in late November, it was the first time City had scored more than once in a Premier League game since that defeat by Leicester. It has been a different story in Europe, however, with City coasting through a group containing Porto, Olympiacos and Marseille, racking up 16 points, scoring 13 goals and conceding just one, the best defensive record in the competition. They will go into February's knockout clash with round of 16 newcomers Borussia Mönchengladbach as clear favourites to reach the Champions League quarter-finals for the fourth year in a row. But while they have lost all three of those European quarter-finals against Liverpool, Spurs and Lyon, they don't tend to falter at the same stage of the Carabao Cup. Mutual admiration. Niall Quinn joined the Gunners as a 17-year-old after excelling at both codes of football in Dublin. The six-foot-four centre-forward made his debut as a 19-year-old in a league game against Liverpool on December 14, 1985, and went on to score 20 goals in 94 games over the next five seasons. Joining a famous group of young players who came of age under George Graham, Niall was an important member of Graham's squad, but headed to Manchester City for £700,000 on March 15, 1990, to get more opportunities of first-team football. Niall starred up front at Main Road for six seasons, playing 218 times and scoring 78 goals, including on his debut against Chelsea and also in a game against Derby later that season when he later went in goal and saved a penalty to win the match for City. He was their player of the year in that first season. The Republic of Ireland international who played 92 times for his country and scored 21 times, went on to have a successful six seasons with Sunderland. 
26. The Magician. Riyad Morris, Attacker. Born Sarcelles, France, 21st of February 1991. Previously, Quimper, Le Havre, Leicester. A skillful left-footed right winger and one of the stars of Leicester's 2015-16 Premier League title win, Riyad left two years later for Manchester City, where he was a domestic treble winner in his debut season. Competition for places at the Etihad has meant the Algeria international is not the shoo-in starter he was at Leicester, but on his day he is a prospective match winner and scored his first hat-trick for the club in last month's 5-0 win against Burnley. 17. The Provider Kevin De Bruyne Midfielder Born Drongen, Belgium, 28th of June 1991 Previously, Genk, Chelsea, Werder Bremen, Loam, Wolfsburg Signed in 2015, Kevin cost £55 million from Wolfsburg and has more than proved his worth. Once of Chelsea, the clever 29-year-old playmaker is already considered one of English football's finest foreign imports and was voted both PFA and Premier League Player of the Year last season thanks to his 13 goals and 20 assists. He enjoyed an excellent 2018 World Cup, helping Belgium finish third, and now has won 78 international caps. 31. The Keeper, Edison, Goalkeeper Born Osasco, Brazil, 17th of August 1993 Previously, Ribeiro, Rio Ave, Benfica Purchased for £35 million from Benfica in June 2017, the 27-year-old Brazilian international goalkeeper has proved to be the perfect fit for Pep Guardiola's city side. Combining excellent reflexes with an uncanny ability to stroke the ball around accurately and purposefully with his deft left foot. Whether the eccentric keeper plays this evening is up for discussion as his understudy Zach Steffen started both of this season's Carabao Cup wins against Bournemouth and Burnley. 2. The Speedster, Carl Walker, Defender Born Sheffield, 28th of May 1990 Previously, Sheffield United, Northampton, Loan, Tottenham Sheffield United, loan, QPR, loan, Aston Villa, loan. The first choice right back for City and a 53-cap England international, lightning quick Carl joined the club in 2017 after six years as a regular starter with Tottenham and has been an important figure in the club's recent successes, winning the EFL Cup in each of his three seasons. He enjoyed a memorable 100th Premier League appearance for City scoring the winner away to his hometown and former club Sheffield United at the end of October. 3. The new boy, Ruben Diaz, defender, born Amadora, Portugal, 14th of May 1997, previously Benfica. Ruben Diaz joined Manchester City from Benfica on a six-year contract in September and has commanded a regular place at the heart of the team's back four both in the Premier League and Champions League, though he has yet to make his Carabao Cup bow. A tough, resilient centre-back, the 23-year-old has already won 24 caps for Portugal, helping his country to UEFA Nations League victory in 2019, shortly after winning the Primeira Liga with Benfica. 21. The Prospect, Ferran Torres, Attacker 
Born Folos, Spain, 29th of February 2000. Previously, Valencia. A hot prospect as a teenager with both hometown club Valencia and Spain's youth selections, with whom he won the 2017 European Under-17 Championship and its Under-19 equivalent in 2019. Ferran Torres has made a promising start to his career in England. The versatile 20-year-old forward, who cost around £20 million in August, has been particularly impressive in the Champions League, scoring in four of City's group games, and also bagged a hat-trick for Spain in the recent 6-0 rout of Germany. 47. The young gun, Phil Foden, midfielder. Born Stockport, 28th of May 2000. Previously, none. A member of the England under-17 side that became world champions at that level in October 2017, Phil was voted player of the tournament in India and won the BBC Young Personality of the Year award. Now 20, the local lad is getting more game time for City this season. Unsurprising given that his left-footed skill and creativity makes him the ideal replacement for the departed David Silva and last month scored his first two goals for the England senior side. 16. The Pivot, Rodri, midfielder. Born, Madrid, Spain, 23rd of June 1996. Previously, Villarreal, Atletico Madrid. Rodri became Manchester City's record signing when he arrived on a five-year contract in the summer of 2019 after just one season with hometown club Atletico Madrid during which he won the UEFA Super Cup on his debut and repeatedly impressed as an all-purpose holding midfielder. The Spain international has established himself as the first choice in that position for City and headed the winning goal in last season's Carabao Cup final win against Aston Villa. The boss, Pep Guardiola, manager, born January 18, 1971, San Pedro, Spain. Previously, Barcelona B, 2007-2008. Barcelona, 2008-2012. Bayern Munich, 2013-2016. Revered as one of the world's most accomplished football coaches, his reputation having risen to a new level with his record-breaking achievements at Manchester City. He replaced Manuel Pellegrini in 2016 his arrival having been officially telegraphed several months earlier while still at Bayern Munich, where he won the Bundesliga in each of his three seasons. A Barcelona legend as a player, Pep rapidly achieved the same status as a coach, winning 14 trophies, including two Champions Leagues, during his four-year sojourn. His only previous coaching experience had been with Barcelona's B team. Full League Cup record, 1960-61. Round 3, 1961-62, Round 1, 1962-63, Quarterfinals, 1963-64, Semifinals, 1964-65, Round 2, 1965-66, Round 2, 1966-67, Round 2, 1967-68, Round 4, 1968-69, Round 3, 1969-70, Winners, 1970-71, Round 2, 1971-72, Round 3, 1972-73, Round 3, 1973-74, Runners-up, 
1974-75, round 3. 1975-76, winners. 1976-77, round 2. 1977-78, quarter final. 1978-79, quarter final. 1979-80, round 3. 1980-81, semi final. 1981-82, round 4. 1982-83, round 3. 1983-84, round 3. 1984-85, round 4. 1985-86, round 3. 1986-87, round 3. 1987-88, quarter final. 1988-89, round 4. 1989-90, round 4. 1990-91, round 3. 1991-92, round 4. 1992-93, round 3. 1993-94, round 4. 1994-95, quarter finals. 1995-96, round 3. 1996-97, round 2. 1997-98, round 1. 1998-99, round 2. 1999-2000, round 2. 2000-01, quarter finals. 2001-02. Round 4, 2002-03, Round 3, 2003-04, Round 4, 2004-05, Round 3, 2005-06, Round 2, 2006-07, Round 2, 2007-08, Quarter Final, 2008-09, Round 2, 2009-10, Semi Final, 2010-11, Round 3, 2011-12, Semi Final, 2012-13, Round 3, 2013-14, Winners, 2014-15, Round 3, 2015-16, Winners, 2016-17, Round 4, 2017-18, Winners, 2018-19, Winners, 2019 stroke 20 winners. In the blood. City's first goal of the EFL Cup this season in their 2-1 win over Bournemouth came from 17-year-old striker Liam Dillap, son of former Derby, Southampton and Stoke midfielder Rory Dillap. Liam joined City from Derby's academy last season and also spearheads England's under-17 team. Pulling the strings in City's Bournemouth win was Tommy Doyle the grandson of City legends Mike Doyle and Glyn Pardo. Doyle is third in City's all-time appearance list with 565 games. He also captained City to their League Cup win in 1976. In fact, City's 2-1 win over West Brom in the 1970 League Cup final came with goals from Doyle and Pardo, who both also played in their losing final against Wolves in 1974. Also on City's books, who played in this season's EFL Trophy, is 19-year-old DiMaggio Wright-Phillips, son of Sean, grandson of Ian Wright, of course. DiMaggio spent last season on loan at Blackburn, but didn't make a first-team appearance. 
However, his presence at Blackburn did raise the prospect of playing against West Brom's Gareth Barry, which would have meant Barry had played against three generations of the same family. League Cup record. AFC wins, 5. Draws, 1. MCFC wins, 3. Arsenal win percentage, 56. All-time record. AFC wins, 98. Draws, 45. MCFC wins, 58. Arsenal win percentage, 49. 61. 2020-21 is City's 61st season competing in the League Cup. Arsenal, on the other hand, are only participating in their 55th League Cup campaign, having decided not to enter the competition until season 1966-67. 34. Man City assistant coach Brian Kidd scored 34 goals in 90 games up front for the Gunners in the mid-70s, before transferring to City and grabbing 57 goals in 128 games. Scouting report by Michael Cox Pep Guardiola is likely to make changes to his starting eleven for tonight's game, especially in the middle of such a congested fixture schedule. But few could accuse Guardiola of not taking the Carabao Cup seriously. His side have won the last three editions of this competition. Guardiola fielded some unfamiliar players in the previous two rounds, played in the space of a week back in September, but also included the likes of Kyle Walker, Fernandinho, Emerick Laporte, Riyad Mahrez, Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling, suggesting that City are keen to continue their dominance of this competition. It has become standard practice for managers to rest their first-choice goalkeeper in cup competitions, so Guardiola is likely to give another outing to American Zach Stefan here. He was signed last summer from Columbus Crew and enjoyed a good half-season on loan at Fortuna Dusseldorf. As you'd expect for a goalkeeper signed by Guardiola, he's calm with the ball at his feet and a good long-range passer. Guardiola fielded a strong defence in the previous round against Burnley. It's worth remembering that in the recent league victory over Arsenal at the Etihad, Guardiola deployed Walker as a centre-back rather than in his customary position of right-back to guard against the speed of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and a similar tactic could be used here. Jao Cancelo, probably City's outstanding centre-back so far this season, was deployed on the right of the defence. In midfield, Guardiola's previous preference for 4-3-3 has given way to a 4-2-3-1, often with Rodri alongside Ilke Gundogan in a combination that seems unusually cautious for Guardiola. This, however, gives De Bruyne a licence to play high as a number 10 from where he's been the Premier League's most consistent creative player. The likes of Mares, Sterling, Phil Foden and newcomer Ferran Torres are the most regularly used players out wide, with Guardiola increasingly preferring to deploy inverted wingers, cutting inside to shoot, rather than natural wingers who go down the line and stretch the play, as he did throughout much of City's two title-winning campaigns. At times, this has made their attacking play too predictable particularly when opponents get defenders in blocking positions. Up front, Sergio Aguero has worked his way back from injury and should be available, with Gabriel Jesus slightly struggling for goals in the Argentines' absence. Sterling was used up front in the previous round, and Guardiola has sometimes used the Carabao Cup to experiment tactically, 
often rotating three or four attackers as the notional centre-forward, particularly in a victory over Manchester United last season. Another option up front is 17-year-old Liam Delap, who scored in City's 2-1 victory over Bournemouth in the opening round of the competition. He's the son of former Stoke midfielder Rory, although happily there's no sign of any long-throw expertise. My Arsenal Name, Phil Payne Age, 23 Live-in, Woking Occupation, Retail Manager First Arsenal game, Arsenal vs Sheffield United, FA Cup 1999 Favourite Arsenal game, Arsenal 4, Liverpool 1, April 4, 2015 Match day routine before kickoff. Drink at the Che with the old man. Favourite place to eat before a game. Local burger van. How do you feel when you approach the ground? Excited, stressed, giddy, nervous, all of it. Furthest you've travelled to watch Arsenal. Southampton. Favourite away ground and why? St Mary's, as I used to live right next to it. Favourite piece of Arsenal memorabilia. An Arsenal scarf, which was the first thing I was given when I was born. Do you collect any Arsenal-related memorabilia? I have a programme from every game I've been to. Most obscure piece of Arsenal memorabilia you own. I had a piece of the turf from Highbury. Before it died. What do you wear to games? Always the current season's home kit and a scarf if it's too cold. Whose name and number do you have on the back of your shirt? Used to be Fabregas 4, now Obamayang. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? Definitely not the bruised banana. Home kits between 2004 and 2012. Who is your all-time favourite player and why? Dennis Bergkamp, my middle namesake. Do you have an Arsenal cult hero and why? Arshavin, for sure. He gave us some moments of pure joy. Best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live. Aaron Ramsey versus CSKA Moscow was genius. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? Not yet. Still hoping. Which current Arsenal player would you most like to go for dinner with? Hector Bellerin. Brilliant speaker, passionate about important topics, and can have a good laugh. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history, what would it be? Robin van Persie sent off for kicking the ball away against Barcelona. If you could be present at any Arsenal match in history, which would it be? Have to say Anfield 89. If you could play in any Arsenal team in history, which would it be and who would you replace? Arsenal versus Man United in 2003 and I'd replace Keown.
Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and socks. 1. Bernd Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 4. William Saliba. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 6. Gabriel. 7. Pukeo Saka. 8. Dani Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Mesut Ozil. 12. William. 13. Alex Runason, goalkeeper. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 17. Cedric Suarez. 18. Thomas Partey. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 22. Pablo Mori. 23. David Lewis. 24. Reese Nelson. 25. Mohamed Elneny. 28. Joe Willock. 30. Eddie Nketiah. 31. Sid Kolasinac. 32. Emil Smith Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 38. Follerin Balogun. 41. Ben Cottrell. 66. Miguel Aziz. For Manchester City, manager Pep Guardiola. Blank shirts, shorts and dark denim socks. 2. Kyle Walker. 3. Ruben Diaz. 5. John Stones. 6. Natanaka. 7. Raheem Sterling. 8. Ilke Gundogan. 9. Gabriel Zejus. 10. Sergio Aguero. 11. Alexandra Zinchenko. 13. Zach Seffen. 14. Emerick Laporte. 16. Rodrigo. 17. Kevin De Bruyne. 20. Bernardo Silva. 21. Ferran Torres. 22. Benjamin Mendy. 25. Fernandinho. 26. Riyad Mahrez. 27. Joad Cancelo. 31. Edison, goalkeeper. 33. Scott Carson, goalkeeper. 34. Philippe Sandler. 47. Phil Foden. 48. Liam Delap. 50. Eric Garcia. 67. Tommy Doyle. 78. Taylor Harwood Bellis. 80. Cole Palmer. 82. Adrienne Bernabe. Match officials. Referee. Stuart Atwell. Assistant referees. Stuart Burt, Nick Hopton, fourth official, David Coote. The other quarter-finals. Today, Brentford vs Newcastle, 5.30pm. Tomorrow, Stoke City vs Tottenham Hotspur, 5.30pm. Everton vs Manchester United at 8pm. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Thank you. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Premier League. Arsenal. In our game, there's always room for passion. There's room for rivalry. There's room for emotion. But there is no room for racism. If you see it, report it. No room for racism. Kick it out. Tackling racism and discrimination. Download the Kick It Out app or tell a police officer or steward in the stadium. Acronis Backup. Cyber protection for your data. Keep your data safe with the most secure backup. www.acronis.com Future Forever faster, humor. Reconnect in comfort and safety. Fly better. Our A380 is back in the skies, so let's get back to the things we've missed. Fly to your next destination with confidence, knowing that your health and safety is our top priority at every step. And we'll even give you free COVID-19 cover while you're away. Emirates, Arsenal official partner.